Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Gamerpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bradford Carlton. Today, I have a very special guest with us. I have Frontier Setter. Hey, Frontier. Hey, how's it going? I guess I should have asked you, uh, what do you want me to call you? Oh, Frontier Setter is fine. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Okay. So, uh, Frontier Setter, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? All right. So, I guess first and foremost, I am a YouTuber. I run a really small channel, and it's kind of a passion project. Um, for my hobbies, I really like powerlifting. I'm a PC gamer. I'm also a firearms enthusiast. Fantastic. That's actually how uh, we got together is my wife met you at SHOT Show in Las Vegas. And yeah, that's right. Yeah. She's checking you out on YouTube and she's like, I think this guy's a gamer. He's got nerdy stuff in the background. <laughs> yeah. That was actually such a sick meetup. Like, uh, the, the one thing I loved about YouTube is I would have never been able to go to SHOT Show and meet anybody if it wasn't for that platform. So I'm, I'm pretty grateful for that experience, actually. Absolutely. So uh, I begin every interview with a single question I'm going to ask you just like I ask everybody else. Uh, so on a scale of one to 10, 10 being high, how weird are you? So I thought a little bit about this question. Is it, it, is a, it is a good question. So I think it really depends on the environment that I'm put in. So let's say if I'm put into like anime con, the guy that's wearing cat ears and stuff isn't that strange. It's kind of normal. But then if you take that same guy and put him into SHOT Show in Las Vegas, it's more like traditional they would probably rank him pretty high up on the weirdness scale. So I, I, I'd like to just average them out. I'd say like I'm a little above average, so 7.5. Okay, I'll, I'd, I love it. I dig it. All right. So uh, this is the Gamerpreneur. I got to get your gaming cred. So uh, when did you first start playing video games? Okay, so I started when I was very, very young. I don't exactly remember the age, but I started out playing on a game uh, called Elite. It's like a space simulator it was actually on the commodore 64 but i played it on the uh bbc micro computer which is like the competition to that so it's old it's like on an eight inch floppy disk and that's what i started on so way before nintendo everything like that is what i did my stuff on well you can't possibly be that old Oh, I'm actually 31 this year. So oh, come on, you're younger than I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so kind of give me your uh, your backstory. How did you uh, like start playing video games? Are you still a huge gamer? Or are you just kind of a casual gamer? So when I was in high school and stuff like that, I had a lot more time, obviously, when you're younger. Yeah. But right now, it's kind of taken a little bit of a backseat. Um, I used to be really competitive in like Counter Strike, and that's kind of how I got into gaming uh, as a channel first. But then as time went on, you know, you have a job, so you kind of have to balance that time. Um, so I'm kind of taking a backseat. I'm not as competitive or as good as I was before, but I still do like to play on occasion. Sure, I understand. I used to say when I was in college that my real job is to play Warcraft. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got eight hours a day. And then you yeah, you can just get like so good at it. Exactly. Yeah, I remember when Warcraft 3 came out, and then Dota took over, and then that was a whole new thing. And then Starcraft 2 came out, and I loved that, but I was, like, so far beyond, like – my skill level that I just couldn't even get past bronze anymore. <laughs> sure. Now you still do gaming content though, don't you? I do. I do. So, um, every once in a while I'll like release, I call them like one-off gameplays. So instead of like having a series of gameplay videos, you know, like how people will play like Minecraft or Counter-Strike for like thousands of episodes. Um, I feel like it's better for my own personal channel that I just do like one gaming thing one time. And then that's the video that I stick with for that game. So it allows me to play a lot more different games rather than sticking to like just one. Fantastic. Now, I know you just recently put out a video. We were just talking about this before we started. <laughs> your your uh, video game drinks. How did that go? <laughs> yeah. So I recently started to get back into RuneScape. It's a pretty old game. I think it came out in like early 2000s. Oh, and I played it in yeah. middle school. Yeah. And uh, it's just like an RPG, like low poly and stuff like that. Um, and it's kind of getting more popular again because it came out on, on mobile again, which is great. 
Um, and in that game, there's like a lot of different drinks and foods and stuff like that. So I decided to make a video, um, like a series based on cooking uh, items from that game. And it's turning out to be kind of fun, I guess. You know, I'm not, good at, I'm not good at cooking in real life, so it's kind of fun to see how far I can get with this series. So, yeah. Oh, wonderful. Now, are there any games or updates you're looking forward to coming out soon? Yeah, actually. So I'm sure you've heard of it. It's called Cyberpunk 2077. Um, same creators as The Witcher. It's a first person cyberpunk game and, and it's been in development for like years now. And because all the trailers and gameplay video finally dropped, it's like super hype for that. Um, also really looking forward to Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, Final, C7, Final Fantasy VII was a, a favorite of a lot of people actually. And I remember um, there was a, um, a movie that came out called Advent Children, and it was based right off of the game itself. And that was like 15 years ago. It came out in like 2005. And I it was like, oh really my God. good still, right? Yeah, it looks great. And I was like, oh my God, one day graphics will look this good on like in the games. And now it finally does. And it's just like, it only took 15 years. We're getting there. <laughs> See, I appreciated Advent Children just because it kind of erased Dirge of Cerberus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know that one. I was like, I want to. I like tried to love it so hard, but I was like, oh, geez. I've I've tried to play that game like eight different times. I get past <laughs> the first level, and every time I'm like, I'm done. I just can't. I know it's just like not a good shooter, but like you want to love it, but you can't. It's just like, oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now, uh, what would you say your favorite game of all time is? You've been playing a long time. You've played. Yeah, that's a really, of them. Yeah, that's a hard question, honestly, because I was thinking about like, so there's so many games, right? Like, there's so there's games that give you a great narrative and a great story, but a lot of times those same games don't have like the replayability. You know, a lot of those games I feel like are single player games. Mm -hmm. um, but you, sometimes with the multiplayer games, you have a lot of, I guess, nostalgia from playing with other people. So, I mean, I, I have two for this one. <laughs> okay. So I, I got to say my favorite game in terms of like a beautiful storyline and kind of how it looks is called Eco. It was a game on PS2. And it's an adventure game. It's just, you're just this small boy that was sacrificed to like the elder gods. And all you have is a stick and you're trying to save like this magical princess. And it's just a beautiful game. It looks like a Miyazaki movie, actually, like a, the Japanese anime director. Um, it's just, it's a, just a beautiful tale. Um, right, wasn't the story supposed to be a sequel to Shadow of the Colossus? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, Shadow of the Colossus, I think, was actually a prequel to that game. Yeah. And then everything kind of meshes together. But that, I got to say that's one of my favorite games of all time, even though I don't play it, like, all the time. And I guess my favorite game in terms of, like, competition would have to be Counter-Strike. Even though I hate the game with a burning passion, <laughs> I also love it because I've met a lot of great people from it, too. And it's just, um, it's just a solid game. Fantastic. That's wonderful. All right. Let's get to the preneur part. You know, what, what, what's your professional background? What do you do? So um, my professional background, I am actually a nurse. I work in an emergency room as a trauma nurse. And that's what I do as my night job. I work overnight. So that's my night job. And my day job is actually just doing YouTube and, and stuff like that. So that's my background. Okay. So can you tell us a little more about your, uh, your YouTube? We'll start there. Yeah. So um, when I was younger, I always, you know, made like home videos or whatever, you know, we always, you have that point and shoot camera that's digital and some of those can shoot like uh, video, not that great of quality, but I would use like uh, Windows Movie Maker. It'll make like small little films. And then when I went to college, it just kind of faded out because, you know, stuff like that kind of just goes away. Um, and then recently I just kind of picked it back up. I think I started my YouTube channel up again around three years ago or so. Okay. And that's kind of when I went into um, gaming again. You know, I, I saw a lot of people that were like making a lot of money on YouTube as a platform just from the ad revenue itself. 
And it's funny because when I got into it, a couple months later, the adpocalypse hit. <laughs> and it was just like, you can't earn anything unless you have like a thousand subscribers and a certain amount of watch time. So that was pretty hard. And then getting it, getting your channel like reviewed again after took a long time. I think it took me like a year to get my channel renewed again after to make revenue. So it was, uh, it was pretty tough. I came in at a really bad time uh, during a YouTube gaming phase, but I don't regret it. Hey, you know, three years ago is better than starting today. <laughs> I guess, yeah. So, okay, you started as a, as a gaming channel, but then you kind of transitioned into firearms. How'd you make that Correct. transition? Yeah, so I really, like I said, I liked Counter-Strike a lot. And I really wanted to take like the funness of Counter-Strike into like daily life, like vlogs. So I wanted to just transition like my channel into more of like the real life side. Um, just to kind of give myself some more variety. So a couple of my friends and I just went out to the range, shot some guns, and I just vlogged that whole trip. And then from then on, it just became like kind of a weekly thing. And that's how like my channel went from like uh, gaming to vlogs. But I, like I said, I wanted to kind of keep that fun gaming aspect into my vlogs. So a lot of times I edit like video game stuff into my vlogs to kind of make it seem like gaming in real life, basically. Okay, very cool. Now you've you've been doing this for three years, you said, and um, you're obviously fairly big. I mean, Diane, my wife, was mentioning you have a team of people helping you record and do stuff. So, like, oh yeah, yeah, that was actually really cool. Yeah, um, that was actually the one time I had that <laughs> when I went to Vegas. Yeah, we had. Um, I've never met these people before. They were from the Commando blog, and they saw my channel and they were like, "Hey, let's get this guy on board." Um, so I also have a discord, uh, you know, it's like a chat for gaming usually is what we use it for, but then they hit me up through that and they were like, Hey, come to Vegas. We're going to get a house. We're all going to rent it out for like a week and we'll just go to shot show and just record wherever we can. And they set me up with some people to record some stuff for me. And yeah, now I'm talking to you. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> so, um, you say you're a small channel, but I think you have over a thousand subscribers, don't you? Yeah, I have around 7,000 or so. 7,000. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, a bit more than a thousand. Yeah, it's not bad. I'm small, but there's people out there who would die to have 7,000 subscribers. That's true. Yeah. So, I, I feel you, like, and in oh, three years, sorry, that's pretty impressive. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know like what even spiked the channel up either. Sometimes the thing about YouTube is it's very, um, I guess, erratic. Sometimes you'll have huge spikes of subscribers. Like recently, one of my videos, an older video from like a year ago, shut up in views and now it's like back down to zero. So the algorithm just kind of does its own thing and that can work in your favor and it can work against you. So the thing about my channel is one, the games I like to play are like, you know, Counter-Strike and COD and stuff like that. And that's already kind of at a sketchy place because it's like based on firearms, right? So YouTube doesn't really like that. And then my vlogs are also based on firearms and my reviews are also based on firearms. So I'm like pretty blacklisted. So it really depends on kind of what you want to do and how you want to grow uh, in terms of money and profit. Um, I feel like some of the best ways to actually gain monetary through this platform is, yeah, you have like your reviews, so you get your viewership, but then you also get sponsorships from other companies. I don't have any. I wish this was a sponsorship. I just a nice shirt I got from Sean Show, but I think that's one of the best ways to actually kind of incorporate um, getting money from this platform and even selling your own merch too. Are, so. are you making any money off your channel? I actually am. I make about $100 a month right now, and it's all passive. Like I said, it's all from reviews and old videos. Um, but like I said before too, um, it's very erratic in how YouTube can do things. One day, all your videos would be totally monetized, but then one day they'll be like unmonetized and they don't give you a reason why the YouTube is not very transparent 
and how they demonetize your videos. Cause some videos are the exact same thing. Like I've uploaded two videos twice just uh -huh. to see how it works. And one of them was demonetized and the other one was completely monetized. And this was from a request to review. So somebody actually watched the video and said yes or no, but I think they have different people doing this or what, but they never tell you what is actually wrong with your video that made it demonetized. So that's the problem with YouTube right now is that they are just not transparent or they just base it off an algorithm. And then I don't know, it's, it's very touch and go. I feel I have to say, you're kind of lucky you upload the same video twice and you just get demonetized. Every time I mm -hmm. accidentally upload the same video, I get a strike on my channel. I'm like, I didn't mean to, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that can happen too. And it's the copyright for a lot of the stuff, like especially with music and audio and even image now, like some of my videos, I like to incorporate like anime because it's a big passion of mine too. And so I like edit myself in the thing, in the, in the show, but then YouTube is actually good enough to detect that image and demonetize it completely like that too. So it's, um, you know, it's, you can say it's fair to use. You can say it's not, is it, it's kind of gray, you know, so you kind of have to be really careful. Sure. It's not like you can really contest it too much. No, you really can't. Cause they have all the lawyers and all the money. So it's like, Oh, shucks. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay. So can you kind of describe some of the ways you're, you're promoting your channel? How are you marketing? Yeah. So this is actually an approach I don't recommend anybody do because it's not really a great approach. I'm actually very passive in how I promote my channel. I have my own personal Facebook. So I just upload like my videos to that and that, and then my friends or whatever, just share it. So it's kind of organic. Um, so because my vlogs and stuff are kind of long, I do edit them down to like a minute long. That way, that minute long video from like a 15 minute vlog, like all the best highlights or whatever, are published on those platforms like Facebook and Instagram. And then those are so easily shared. And then that's kind of what gets people into the channel because I always have a link with that. So I think that kind of content creation is a lot easier. And once people get hooked on that, they can actually see the real stuff, which is the actual full video. Um, but besides like making small edits like that, I don't go out, I don't like, push my stuff. Like I don't have, I, I should get business cards. I forgot to print business cards before I went to shot show and I should have. Um, but I think if you actually want to advertise yourself, you, you, it's the, the best ways to be pretty aggressive about it. Actually. Um, I've just been lucky at this point that people have like noticed me like this conversation is like purely by chance and luck. I feel <laughs> like it's just, you know, it's all been passive, you know? So, um, that's, that's fantastic. I mean, like I don't, yeah, you didn't have business cards. I think my wife just remembered you and you- <laughs> Yeah, I like wrote it down on like a channel. scrap piece of paper. I was like, here you go. Maybe it'll get to him. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think she'd mentioned me when uh, you guys first met. Like, uh, <laughs> I think she reached out to you afterwards because she watched your channel and she's like, he looks nerdy. I'm going to talk to him for you. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I was actually, let me get it, actually. I mean, I was the only one in SHOT Show wearing this kind of hat. That's what it was. Yeah, that's why she so I, I got, you know, it's, you know, it sets you apart and, you know, it's kind of like, you know, setting yourself apart, getting attention. And then people ask you what you want to do and here we go. <laughs> All right. Um, so let's talk about um, what resources are you using um, beyond promotion? Are you using any particular softwares? Are you using any um, services? So for promotion, like I said, all I use is I think Facebook and Instagram are my two biggest like outlets in terms of um, reaching out to other audiences besides YouTube. Cause like I said, YouTube itself, the algorithm is like very touchy, yeah. uh, but Facebook, you know, you have like your friends and family, which is great. And sometimes Instagram, 
can help boost that too. The thing about Instagram is it's also very sketchy on kind of what it wants to produce too. Cause like I said, a lot of my content is firearms related and they also blacklist that from their explore page. So I guess they had a recent change in their policies that saying that says any kind of firearms that's posted on Instagram is considered brandishing. So it's like against their policy. So now it doesn't show up at all on any of anybody's explore feed. Only if you search for that particular thing. So it really limits, um, your audience in that space, but I still use it because I feel like, you know, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube are like huge, huge platforms. So I think if you want to gain any kind of, um, like, um, audience, those are still the best ones to go to. So then you really have to like, uh, weigh heavily onto those hashtags then. Yeah, you do. And you can't like put fake things obviously, cause that doesn't get you the right audience. So you just have to just throw caution to the wind and just do it anyways. Um, cause I know there's other websites to upload to, like, I think full 30 is another like gun website, but the problem with, I think the problem with these kind of very limited scoped websites is that your audience is just those people and it sounds good, but you want to bring other people into that world. You know, it's good to bring the general public into what you like. And I think it's good to have that as a reach out. Um, like, like, you know, like Twitch is just for gaming, but sometimes people do like other stuff on Twitch and they also people on Twitch also upload to Facebook and to YouTube just because it just gives you more reach. And I think it's really just about seeing the biggest audience and getting to that because it is a limited resource. I think I, I was watching one thing. I don't know if it was on Skillshare or something or a masterclass, but it said YouTube does not have um, a limited amount of uh, funds, not, not funds, but like, the, your audience, there is a limited amount of people that will watch you and it is limited. It is finite. So I, I think, um, it, we're all in competition essentially is, is what it is. Okay. And to reach the most people is probably the best way to do it. All right. Now, um, so you've been doing your channel for three years. If you could mm -hmm. go back and you could talk to a little frontier setter <laughs> and you could give uh, him some advice, what would you tell him? I got to say, I would tell, I would have told them even way before the channel, like in college to not stop doing um, this new media. I think new media, like what we're doing right now is the future of entertainment. It's not the highest form. Obviously there's going to be Hollywood and stuff like that, but even like news outlets and, and all this legacy media, I think they're really afraid of new media, which is us, this digital frontier, because it's just me. It's just regular people speaking their mind. And because we have that personal connection to our audience, they have more value in our words than some random newscaster. And I know I, they're really afraid of that because like, look at PewDiePie, right? He's got over a hundred million subscribers and people, I, I've been watching him for like years now, probably like a decade now. And you feel like you've built this bond with this person, even though you've never met you have the same views and I think that's really important. And I think that's a big thing that old legacy media does not have. Okay, wonderful, that's fantastic. Now, um, say uh, someone who has a brand new channel came to you and they're looking for some advice. So they already have the channel going, they don't need to start it, but uh, any advice that you have to give them in order to grow? So one of the things I struggled with in the beginning was just making videos that were consistent. So there's two ways to do it, I think. And I've tried both and I'm still trying to figure out what the best way is. So I thought at first, like, Oh, just keep publishing a lot of videos, just get a whole bunch out and then just, you know, just scatter shot the algorithm, just post a bunch of stuff. But sometimes 
the quality isn't as high because you're just trying to get anything out. You know what I mean? Like you're just spamming your channel. Um, and now I'm trying to pull it back, take a lot more time on my videos before I actually publish them. That way it's not like I'm just trying to throw something out just to have something out there. So now if I don't have like a particular idea or something solid that I really want to release, I'm just not going to worry about it that week. You know what I mean? Like I, there's other channels that do the same way. There's one that I can think of particularly is internet historian and he's a different channel. He like covers like memes that happen on the internet and he like does like a history lesson on them. And it's really mm -hmm. in depth, but he doesn't upload a video every day. So, you know, you can, you can do it both ways. You, you can post a lot, but it's also pretty time consuming, but you can also put one video out there that goes viral and everybody likes it. So I think it depends on kind of how much time you want to invest into this platform. Um, Cause editing videos does take a lot of time and you really have to decide if you want to make it your full time thing or not. Um, I'm not a fan of putting all eggs into one basket. So I do like to kind of do other things. That's not just YouTube. Um, but I think for every new starting YouTuber is that you just have to make that decision. Do you want to make this like a full time job and put everything into it and try to release like, three to four videos a week or just make like one or two a month. So there's a big, you know, there's a big difference in what you can do with a month versus two days. So I Absolutely. think that's kind of well, what you want to do. Also, you know, my channel is fairly new. I started it, you know, November of last year and my strategy was I have to get as many videos as I can out there, as many interviews as I can just to look more legitimate. Because mm -hmm. if you don't look legitimate, like who's really going to want to interact with you and talk to you? Exactly. Well, the nice thing about having your podcast is that you can have, you could have a, a, somebody that's so famous and that could just boost you up so high. And it's just connecting people like that helps so much. Really like, you want like it's like, look though? at Joe Rogan's podcast. He does that like every day. And depending on like whatever guests you have, it's great. It can be really great content depending on who you get. So that also works. It, it really depends on kind of what you want to do with your channel. And that's what's great about YouTube. I mean, my channel itself is very varied. I do have other podcasts in there. It's it, it, one day it could be a cooking thing. One day it could be at the gun show. One day it could be in Las Vegas. So it's, it's very varied. And I don't always encourage people to do very content at first. I feel like most people get their stride by sticking with like one thing first. And then they kind of divide out, especially in the gaming realm. Um, I did see some newer gaming channel. Well, they're not that new right now, but uh, some come to mind would be like Mr. Fruit. He did Destiny oh, 1 videos. Yeah. yeah, he did Destiny 1. And that's all he did in the beginning was Destiny 1. And then just from his fan base alone, he was able to spread to other games. So he had that one niche and he was really good at it. Um, same thing with Fuglet. He was playing PUBG and that's how he started. And he just erupted. And then now he's playing like other games like Tarkov or whatever. So as a gaming channel, I think it's best if you're really good at that one game, you can try to stick with that. And then when more people see your channel, then you can start to grow into other games. But sometimes people just want to see you play that one thing. So it depends if you really want to play that one thing for a long time or, you know, spread it out a little bit. So your audience will tell you what they want to see. Absolutely. All right. Now uh, let's talk about your nursing for a second. How are things going with the, uh, the world going crazy? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm lucky that it really hasn't hit North Dakota just yet. I think there are some cases in like South Dakota and in Minnesota, but like they're, they're coming in on us. <laughs> so yeah, the coronavirus is uh, it's all over the media right now. Some say it's just the flu. Some say it's not. I'm honestly not too worried about it because I live through Ebola scares, so I'm fine. <laughs> but I mean, wash your hands, cough away from each other, just be clean. 
Uh, I think a lot of people are worried that we're not testing for coronavirus. Um, and even if you, as a medical professional, even if you have it or if you don't have it, the treatment is basically just isolate yourself, don't cough at anybody, and just wait until the symptoms to subside. After 24 hours when the symptoms are gone, you're basically good to go. Um, but everybody wants to go out, get crazy, buy all the toilet paper or whatever. All the toilet paper's gone. And only, oh, only one person needs to get it in that store, and everyone's got it. So now, you know, hundreds of people, and that's how it spreads. So I, I have people coming in from out, you know, just random people go to the ER. They're like, Oh, I think I got coronavirus. I just want to know if I have it. And we're like, just go home, dude. Like, even if you do have it, it let's say you don't have it and you come to the ER, there's a bigger chance of you getting it from our ER. <laughs> so I'm not telling you not to go, but it's a risk too that, you know, it's a pretty dirty place, um, hospital. So absolutely. You know, okay. Well, thank you for those, those advisory words. I, I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, let me talk about you as a person a little bit, if I can. Yeah. All right. Uh, so you've told us about how you've grown and how you've developed your channel and you've, you've had all this, these great accomplishments with your, your shows. Um, but I'd like to humble you for a second, if I can, yeah. and ask you, what is something that you've failed out along the way? My gaming YouTube channel. <laughs> I got to say, I, um, when I first started YouTube, I was really, I had um, Anomaly. He plays a lot of Counter-Strike. I really looked up to him. I looked up to Cryos. I looked up to Immortal HD. These are some of the people that I just like really like to watch and I find entertaining. And I was like, oh my gosh, Immortal HD just bought like a Dodge Charger. That is so cool. I mean, I was like, wow, if he's making so much money off of this, I want to make so much money off of it. And I think that mindset of just monetary gain was not a good thing. You know what I mean? Like I really like playing Counter-Strike because I just, I loved it. Like I really loved it. But after I just wanted to make videos just for content and like trying to get like views and, you know, I would make like two cents, three cents. I would be like, oh, that's something. But like, I feel like that mindset isn't the greatest because you're doing it for the wrong reasons. So now I'm a lot more happier because I'm just making content that I want to make. And that's why I make these one-off gaming things because like, oh, I want to play this new game. Let's show it off to my audience mm -hmm. and they can like it and they cannot, but I like it. And that's all that matters to me right now is that I like it instead of having to just grind for that cash. I, I feel like, you know, people get into it for the wrong reasons too. Um, I mean, that goes for Twitch too. You know, you, you sometimes a lot of people stream for like eight, 10 hours a day and it's, you know, it is work. It might not be the traditional sense of work, mm -hmm. but you do spend a lot of time on it. And you, I think it's important to know kind of what you're doing it for. Is it, is it, is it your passion that you want to do it? Or is it just for monetary means? Like I'm a nurse, it's great. And I'm going, I'm planning on going to grad school to get my doctorate. Um, but th to me, that's work. And YouTube right now for me is my passion. And it's okay to have those two things separate. Um, but it's great if you can have them work together too. But I think the biggest thing is to know kind of what you want to do with your channel or your brand. Is it just for money? Or is it something that you really want to do for the rest of your life? Because you see some channels, it's just purely for money. You, like, oh, hi, Barry. <laughs> you, see, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you see some channels that, um, you know, are just for money. Like a lot of those top tens and all those compilation things, you know, you can tell like it's not really a passion. It's, it's just to get a lot of views and to go viral. Um, but the, I think some of the more personal channels, um, it's more of a passion. And I think that carries you longer throughout your career. Well, let me ask you this. Where do you want your channel to go? Where do you want your brand to go? 
that's the thing. I don't know yet. I, I don't know. I just like right now, I just like doing what I'm doing. I like making vlogs. It's almost like a diary. You know, it's like, it's kind of like me hanging out with some friends. If I want to do a new experience, I'll vlog that and I'll see where that goes. It's kind of like, Hey, live vicariously through this guy who also has kind of a boring life. So <laughs> maybe you'll find it funny. Maybe you won't. Um, but that's what I'm doing with it now. Um, gaining a larger, <laughs> gaining a larger subscriber base would be kind of cool. Um, I think the one thing that sets me apart from a lot of people is that I answer, I reply to basically every comment. If you go to any of my videos, you'll see that I've reposted to everything. Um, I think that kind of engagement is what I really like right now is just meeting people, um, traveling and having that opportunity opened up because of YouTube. Um, like I said, I would have never gone to Sean show if it wasn't for this channel. And I didn't know it was so hard to get into, but you have to be like part of a journalist like group. And that's what got me in. So I think more of these opportunities that open up would be, would be cool. So I guess that's what I'm looking forward to. Just meeting more people, I suppose. And the media badge is pretty cool, right? Yeah, I still have it. I'm looking it. forward to being able to pull off. I got a show. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> oh, look at that. I'm going to keep that forever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, Frontier Setter, how do people find you? Where are you at on social media? Oh, um, yeah. So let's see here. I have an Instagram, uh, Facebook, and obviously a YouTube channel. So I guess I'll just give you the links or something. <laughs> sure. No, I'll post them with the video and on the podcast. Absolutely. Um, I guess I, I, that's about it. Is there anything else you want to talk about that I didn't ask? No, I guess that's it. You were pretty thorough. So thank you for having me on this podcast. Absolutely. I genuinely, I genuinely appreciate you coming on. I really well, do. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Frontier Setter. This has been a fantastic interview. Gamerpreneurs, go back and rewatch this one. He gives some great <laughs> advice. I really do. This was a good one. Thank you, Brad. Thank you so much. All right. You all take care now. <laughs> See ya. Always remember to say tactically kawaii. <laughs> Had to do my outro. <laughs> hey, if you like this podcast, I'd love to invite you to check out a little bit more about me, Dr. Bradford Carlton, Gamerpreneur. If you go to my website, www.thegamerpreneur.com slash bonus, I'm going to give you a free copy of my book, The Warcraft of Business, where I explain my history in both gaming and business and how I brought the two together in order to create some very successful companies and help a lot of people. And all you got to do is pay for shipping and processing, and I'll send you this book. I absolutely know you're going to love it. All right. You all take it easy.